If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Des Bryant, and you listening to Rosh to Watch. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Week 7 edition of the RosterWatch.com Tradecast. My name is Byron Lambert, and I thank each and every one of you for joining me here every week of the season to discuss the fantasy football trade market in our leagues. Make sure and go subscribe to the RosterWatch channel on YouTube or to the RosterWatch podcast over on your favorite podcast platform. Folks, we have a big trade market for Week 7. Let's go ahead and dive right in. First things first... I want to make sure that each and every one of you are identifying your needs before you engage the trade market. Have an objective. Analyze your roster. Understand what it is that's going to make you a better team. Trade with a purpose in mind. Don't make marginal or lateral trade moves. Make moves that significantly upgrade your roster. Make moves that it's clear that this is going to be a benefit to you to do this deal. Otherwise, you're probably just wasting your time. And folks, it's always okay to put your ear to the ground, to keep an eye out, to check out the trade market, see what's out there, see what, take a price check on your players. A lot of times we talk about players that are sells or buys, but not must sells or must buys. And sometimes you guys maybe have a little different idea of how <clears throat> these players' values are going to evolve in the coming weeks than maybe I do. Still, it never hurts to take a price check in your league and see how, you, how the market in your league views the players that you have in mind. Um, you never know. Sometimes you might be surprised. All right, first things first, let's dive in to some of the best sell candidates for Week 7 on the Week 7 Fantasy Football Trade Market. Uh, we'll go ahead and begin with A.J. Green. Folks, this is what we've been waiting for. It's finally the nice game we've been hoping for out of A.J. Green in Week 6. Now it's time to sell. Remember, you almost dropped A.J. Green outright last week. I do think, you know, we're hearing a lot of trade chatter around the league that there's some players, skill players, that could be moved before the trade deadline. I do believe A.J. Green could be one of those players. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, That said, it's not clear that that's going to really enhance his fantasy value anytime soon, and It's also unclear whether that'll even happen. What we do know is clear is that T. Higgins, the rookie, is emerging as the number one wide receiver with the Bengals. He led the team in snap counts in week six and was by far the most effective receiver on the opportunities he did get. You know, we also need to keep in mind that Joe Mixon 
is a volume hog in this Bengals offense at over 23 touches per game. He's right at the top of the league. I just think that this means even in the wake of a big game from A.J. Green where we got the snap counts, we got the targets, maybe things are headed in that direction. Hopefully they are if you do own him. Uh, but I just when you look at the circumstantial conditions around A.J. Green, I think it's a leap of faith to expect this content to continue. And he's one of the players that we've identified uh, as we often do that once you get his value up, you always need to be trying to sell a player like AJ Green, who's been a headache uh, for you on your roster to this point. Guys, I would even consider trading Tyler Boyd at this point. I think he's still a fine own, but again, it looks like T Higgins is emerging to become the number one on that team, which makes it a bit of a muddled picture for these other guys. So again, not a must sell for Tyler Boyd, but I would see what I could parlay him into. And and AJ Green, in my opinion, is very close to a must sell. Like this is the week that if he's rekindled any value in your league, throw him in a deal for a better player and see if that'll put you over the top. A couple of Texans wide receivers. Uh, We've got Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks on a 90% snap count essentially. Uh, But these are two contracts that the Texans are looking to potentially walk away from after this season, meaning that the Texans are considering, from what we hear, the possibility of moving those guys before the trade deadline so they don't come up empty-handed, so they at least get something in return for Cooks or Fuller before they just let them walk in the offseason. Look, Will Fuller has been awesome this season. Basically, as we predicted preseason, a lot of you guys own Will Fuller, He's had a terrific five out of six weeks so far on the season where he's scored double-digit fantasy points and half-point PPR. His 11.1 yards per target is awesome uh, relative to the rest of the top performers in the league. And what that means is it means that Will Fuller, even when he's not scoring, he's just making big plays. He's getting the high-value targets. Uh, It's making him you know, a pretty reliable, sustainable player at this point. And, you know, truthfully, there's there's not a whole lot of threat to Will Fuller's volume decreasing either at under seven targets per game. So Will Fuller has an awesome, awesome fantasy profile right now. Um, but if you're afraid that he might get traded, which would very potentially interrupt his production, we've seen that year after year, these skilled players get traded. And there's an acclimation period, and it's a little bit of a setback for a few weeks potentially. Um if you're worried about that interruption in production, um, you know, I think this is a week you can consider moving Will Fuller. I'm not sure that it's recommended, but this is something I see people talking about over on the message boards at rosterwatch.com. And something to keep in mind is that the Texans get the Green Bay Packers this week, which is kind of a middling matchup for fantasy wide receivers, but it's the highest projected game total on the slate. Uh, So this may be a game that you don't want to miss a potential shootout where Will Fuller could be one of the principal actors. Also, we have a bye in week eight for these Houston Texans. Uh, That's something to keep in mind. You are going to have to absorb that once you get past this week. So, you know, when we're looking at that, you got to consider, you know, what's your what's your record in your league? Um, Are you in win now mode? Do you have the depth? Uh, to you know, replace a guy like Fuller during the bye week. These are all considerations that you have to make when you're analyzing your roster and identifying your needs. Um, I, you know, I think ultimately it's going to take an exceptional trade offer for me to budge on Will Fuller at this point. 
I don't think trading him is ultimately going to make sense for many teams. Brandon Cooks, he's emerging as a solid play lately as he's built chemistry with Deshaun Watson. We've said it all year. He's been getting the snap counts. He's been in the targets. He actually looks good. I think this was a chemistry issue with Watson, um, not just between Cooks, but with the entire offense. They've reached the softer portion of their schedule, whereas we've predicted for weeks now they were going to begin heating up, and I think that's absolutely um, what we're seeing, and it's trickling down not only to Will Fuller, but also to Brandon Cooks, who I, I think Cooks obviously is a player that you are willing to part with to consolidate for a better player at the moment, uh, if you can. I think things look promising for Brandon Cooks, especially if Will Fuller, heck, if one of these wide receivers gets traded, the other one, it's going to be an absolute uh, boon for. So it's going to be an inter- interesting situation to monitor. I do think Cooks is looking pretty good, but we're not ready to call him an untouchable at this point. Uh, when it comes to Will Fuller, it's going to take a pretty big trade offer uh, to take him off of my hands. Next, a wide receiver that's not a must-sell again, but a guy that we're considering selling, Chase Claypool, the outstanding rookie for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's very, very touchdown-dependent, guys. Uh, but he's making huge plays. Huge plays. So Claypool at this point is a solid asset because even if you take away the touchdowns, this is a guy that's still a big-time threat for big plays. Of course, we'd like to see the target volume increase. He's been under five targets on the season for Chase Claypool, 4.8 to be exact. And you can't help but think that with Deontay Johnson returning to practice this week, that that may not budge. So, I think what we've seen with Claypool is even if he's not scoring a guy that's very capable just based on his big play ability to make something out of those five targets a game and be a solid fantasy asset. Um, you know, the question is, is this a profile that's still you know, reliable relative to the current levels of production? And it's difficult to make that argument that it is at the moment. Again, we keep talking trades. It sounds like there's a possibility Juju gets traded here before the trade deadline, which would obviously open up things big, big time for Chase Claypool. I just think he's got the name value in your league right now that you might be able to move him for an exceptional player, which I think you absolutely should consider. Uh, it's a great matchup for Claypool this week. He's got his buy in the rearview mirror. So these are all things that are kind of to Claypool's favor as far as like he is a, rely- a pretty good asset to own on the season. Um, But I still think just after a blistering couple of weeks of fantasy production, if you can move Claypool for a premium player and a consolidation deal, I would at least be considering it this week. Next up on the potential sell list, the wide receiver side of the potential sell list, guys, we at least want to investigate. Check the market out. You know, what's the price check on these guys in our league? If I could get the right deal, I'm doing it. And that applies to DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers as well, who's had a little bit of a resurgence in the last couple of weeks in terms of his bottom line fantasy production. Actually, he got the snap count and he got the big target volume finally in week six, which has been unusual for DJ Moore. Uh, it's really was his first game since week two where he had more than six targets, which is clearly alarming. It's been a bad season for DJ Moore owners. Uh, but the 11 targets in week, week six were nice. Only one touchdown on the season. Doesn't look like a huge threat to score regularly. Does DJ Moore 
So it's kind of like who knows what to make of the Carolina wide receivers between Anderson and Moore at this point. It looks like, you know, it could be kind of a situation where it's a 1A, 1B, or a 1B, 2A situation where it's going to be kind of potentially hit or miss some weeks between which of those guys is doing the damage. Uh, Ultimately, both Panthers wide receivers are fine keeps, but I think they're the exact kind of guys, especially DJ Moore with the low target volume on the season that we're willing to part with in a deal for a better player. Amari Cooper, we talked about him last week. Um, He's been a pretty inefficient player that's been living on massive volume. We were concerned that if the volume erodes, his fantasy production could precipitously fall off, especially since it's hard to project any type of concentration of red zone targets or touchdown scoring for Amari Cooper, uh, considering the other options that are available for the Cowboys, uh, you know, in the end zone. Amari Cooper really hadn't been a prolific touchdown scorer prior to week six. And so, you know, our thought last week was he's probably taking a hit with the Dak Prescott injury, but maybe before we let the cat out of the bag with Dalton, there was a lot of high hopes for Dalton last week. You know, let's at least see, let's take the temperature of Amari Cooper in our league. I I, I think it was a wise idea because we were talking about him and CD Lamb last week and the, the whole lot of the sheen came off of this Cowboys offense, uh, that whole thing seems to be in disarray. The players are upset with the coaching staff at this point. We're hearing those rumblings come out. Dalton certainly didn't um, look good. Um, But look, Cooper got the touchdown last week. The targets still look good on paper. And the fantasy production, the bottom line was there. But again, guys, at less than eight yards per target on the season, one of the most inefficient players in all of fantasy. Uh, To me, if you were able to retain some value with the good bottom line fantasy production this last week, this is another time to take a crack at moving Amari Cooper. You guys saw what happened with CeeDee Lamb. The bottom started to fall out a little bit, as we projected could happen. And, um, you know, if you waited, if you didn't try to shop CeeDee Lamb last week, it's going to be more difficult this week. Amari Cooper owners got off the hook a little bit And I think they should be opportunistic and use this chance uh, to see what they could parlay Amari Cooper into because I would shop him and see if I could get a much bigger fish in return at this point. Keelan Cole of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, he's a thing. We've been telling you he's a thing in Jacksonville ever since training camp the last few years, particularly this year. He was having a great camp. The guy's on a tear, but... Let's be honest with ourselves. Keelan Cole, the exact kind of dude you love to throw into a deal to put you over the top for a player you like in return. Christian Kirk, another guy I might put in this boat. Player I think is a really nice own right now is like a flex or even a wide receiver three. I'm pretty bullish on him rest of season in terms of his role in that offense. I think it's pretty clear he's the second best wide receiver and and he should begin to get more involved. But the problem is we've got to deal in reality with the facts that we have at hand at the moment. And we've got two big fantasy scores for Christian Kirk back-to-back. But guys, the volume is still a really, really big issue at this point. I think it's a projection that that's going to correct itself. A fine keep, not a must-sell. But again, Christian Kirk, 
there's question marks. If coming off of a couple of big games, if he's the kind of guy you can throw in a deal to put you over the top for a player you like and more in return, I believe you should absolutely consider doing that this week. Okay, let's turn the page over to the sell side of the running back market. This one is as close to a must-sell as there's going to be for me on the slate this week. Again, not all these guys are must-buys or must-sells, but these are guys that we should consider buying and consider selling. I tell you when it's a must-sell, and I tell you, Kenyon Drake of the Arizona Cardinals certainly seems to fit that particular profile this week. 18.5 touches per game, 4.6 yards per attempt, per attempt surprisingly good for Kenyon Drake on the season. That's a great number considering how bad he's looked if you've watched the games. Uh, you like being attached to this Cardinals offense. Um, you know, the volume is there. But we've gotten some really nice positive regression in recent weeks on Kenyon Drake. It's three touchdowns in the last two weeks, including a monster garbage time touchdown to inflate his numbers big time in week six. Uh, I Still, I think we know more of what Kenyon Drake is at this point. Is probably a lower-end RB2 that we just don't trust as much as we'd like to. This is a great time to shop Kenyon Drake coming off of two solid fantasy box scores. Uh, remember, he's not involved much in the passing game. He hasn't been great down around the goal line. The Cardinals have a bye coming up in Week 8. All indicators that Kenyon Drake is a solid candidate to sell high this week in order to pursue a better player in return that you're more comfortable with the rest of the season. Next up, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The monster 30-touch performance in Week 6. Absolutely what his owners were hoping for after being a little bit crestfallen in the post-Le'Veon Bell acquisition. Uh, still no touchdown for Clyde Edwards-Elair in Week Six. Uh, you know, kind of along with Andy. You know, if you couple that with Andy Reid's recent comments, though, um, about acclimating Bell, kind of you know at his own pace. I think that even with no touchdown in Week Six, you got the thirty touches, you got the monster performance, all the yards. Now you've got the narrative that it may be. A little bit of a slower come along for Bell. To me, this throws a little bit of cold water on the Le'Veon Bell owners. Uh, I think it also might be an indication that the market overreacted to the news of the Bell signing, and that Clyde Edwards-Helaire is still very much, you know, could be the guy, or at least could be the could and should be the lead in this backfield. I mean, he he looked excellent in Week Six. He really made a case for himself to keep the job, um, but. You know, I think if you're at all worried about Clyde Edwards Elaire, this is the week that would be wise to shop him coming off of that huge performance. Uh, you know, again, it sounds like Bell is a little bit of a ways out. So if you still need a play this week, you know, keeping Clyde is fine. He's a great player to just keep rolling him out and playing him and racking up fantasy points while you can. But of course, we want to stay a little bit ahead of this. Uh, and I it just, if you're, I believe if you're real with yourself and you have the luxury of being able to look beyond just this week, um, I, I think it's a re- fair take that over the long haul, you might expect Clyde edwards Lair to regress to a low-end RB2 or maybe even just a really good flex on the season. So much of that's going to depend on how much Bell gets involved. But 
you know, I think it's good to be a little bit conservative in those expectations. So all of that means that we should have our ear to the ground this week on the Clyde Edwards Elaire market in our league. I think he'd be a good guy to trade in a package deal to a team that needs to win right now, that needs his production right now. If you're a winning team with a lot of assets that's got a great record, uh, I think Clyde Edwards Alaire is a good guy to ship off to a losing team who needs to win now in order to try to pick off one of their best players, one of the league's best players off their roster, uh, hopefully in return. Next up on the sell side of the running back market, James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Without a touchdown over the last three weeks and only 12 to 13 carries per game over the last two weeks, it feels like James Robinson's production is beginning to wane, beginning to erode a little bit, which for an undrafted free agent rookie shouldn't be a huge surprise to anybody. Oftentimes, these guys don't have the gas to be elite for 16 games. Uh, We're at the end of the soft schedule that we had been so bullish on that we wanted to ride out this last month for James Robinson. Uh, He did a pretty well over that stretch, but we expected a little bit more, to tell you the truth. He's been a good own, um, but guys, he gets the worst running back matchup on the slate this week against the Chargers. Then it's a bye in week eight for James Robinson. We're hearing rumblings that Divine Azigbo, a player that I got to scout at Jaguars camp along with Robinson this, this summer, I mean, Azigbo, you know, he, he originally was the guy who appeared in line to replace Leonard Fournette. Um, and and Azigbo's about to come off of IR. He's about to come off of IR. And I would not be surprised to see this become a bit more of a running back by committee to see Azigbo begin to get involved. And that's clearly going to affect James Robinson's fantasy value moving forward, a guy who's already not been getting massive volume lately. Folks, this is a really good time to go out and attempt to trade James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Next up on the running back side of the sell market this week in the Week 7 Fantasy Football Trade Market, right here on the Week 7 edition of the Rosterwatch.com Tradecast, David Montgomery of the Chicago Bears, living on his prowess as a pass catcher right now, which is certainly not what you're looking for in, in a running back, <laughs> um, especially a running back of... David Montgomery Zilk only topped 65 yards once on the season as a rusher, 3.7 yards per carry, only 17 touches per game on the season. Montgomery, we've all known this. He's a volume guy since he came out of college. He's a good player, but I'm very, very concerned that the lack of volume on the season is really what's affecting his capability as a rusher. Again, we're seeing him kind of save face with his prowess in the receiving game right now which is not exactly what you want to count on for your fantasy running backs. Week six was the first game for David Montgomery over 20 touches this season. He's got to have that volume. It's always been his gig. And while it's a good development that he got the 20 touches this last week, it's unclear whether that's going to continue under a Matt Nagy smoke and mirrors offense because this is the first time we've seen it all season. We're hopeful, but I don't think we can bank on it at this point. And we look, we also need to see David Montgomery be featured in the red zone more. It's really not happening for him the way we'd like to see it down around the goal line at this point. So David Montgomery trending in the right direction, not a must If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. 
The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause, and Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Oh, he has a solid schedule ahead, but he should always be on the table if it means landing a premium player in return. Moving on, talked about him last week. Shoot, we've spoken about this guy for months at this point. Uh, right in our wheelhouse, Ronald Jones of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, he's a real thing right now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you probably are happy if you didn't listen to me last week and try to sell high on him then. Uh, well, that's when we believed Fournette was going to reenter the picture. Uh, look, he probably got you a win last week, and the fact is he's even more valuable now potentially than he was last week coming off of his biggest performance of the season seemingly putting Leonard Fournette in the rearview mirror for now uh 4.9 yards per carry is absolutely uncanny for Ronald Jones there's not many notable running backs uh that are doing it better and the volume has been great recently for Ronald Jones 19 touches on the season but a boatload of them in the last few weeks uh, I think Ronald Jones is a fine keep for now with no buy until week 13. I mean, a guy that you don't have to have the headaches about uh, the bye week, and I think you can keep trying to just win with right now. He's got another good matchup on paper at Las Vegas this week, a top six matchup on the rosterwatch.com week seven matchup tool. And it's another solid matchup next week against the Giants for Ronald Jones. So look, feel free to ride Ronald Jones out right now, rack up those wins, use him while he's uh really producing quite well and he's getting the volume he's not a must sell but i don't believe ronald jones is an untouchable and he's a very marketable player right now and that's what opportunistic fantasy owners are looking for it's not always the obvious it's you know it it, it it's it's some of these other indicators uh that represent opportunity that we always want to look at. That's what being opportunistic is. That's one of the key mandates of being a winning player on the fantasy football trade market. Being opportunistic means that you are aware. You're keeping an eye out. You're keeping an ear out. And when there's an opportunity that becomes available, you strike. You strike. You don't expend a lot of energy pursuing a bunch of deals that don't make sense. But when the right one Look, guys, I'm a fisherman, you know this. And the biggest fish out here in the bay where I live are these big snook. You know, there's two kinds of fish out there. There's fish that chase down their food, and then there's fish that let their food come to them. And the big daddies down here, the big daddy snook, those are the opportunistic feeders. Those are the fish that are 20, 30 years old that are absolute monsters they're wise they've lived a long time and how do you think they got to be like that it's because they're smart they don't put themselves in unnecessary jeopardy they don't burn energy that's unnecessary they sit back and when something comes into their zone they strike without hesitation that's what being opportunistic is that's what we want to do on our fantasy football trade markets last but not least on the sell side of the running back trade market, a player that I do think we should be pretty active trying to move this week, Daryl Henderson of the Los Angeles Rams. You know, of course, if you end up with the lead guy on the season in the Rams 
running back rotation, you're going to feel pretty good about it, especially if he can begin to create separation in terms of volume. So you're always taking a risk there. But the fact is, again, we've got to deal with the information that we have at hand. And we just simply can't trust 13 touches per game for Daryl Henderson and a middling snap count or his lack, total lack of involvement in the passing game. And we certainly didn't appreciate the shell game they played with Daryl Henderson in the red zone in week six for what could have been a much, much bigger week. I don't trust Sean McVay. Every week he's got a different quote that uh, seems to be nothing but subterfuge about how they're going to use the running backs moving forward. I just don't trust it. So if you could trade Daryl Henderson for a better, more reliable player, I would absolutely consider it. All right, folks, let's keep plugging along here. We'll turn the page to the buy side of the Week 7 Fantasy Football trade market. And you guys always want to know about the big fish, so that's where we'll start is with Zeke Elliott. It was a disastrous Week 6 in Dallas. The team looks like it's in disarray. There's real concerns about the offensive line. That's not a joke. That's a serious concern uh, as it relates to Zeke Elliott, even with the potential Expected increase of volume over the long haul, minus Dak Prescott. We did see Tony Pollard get a little bit more involved this last week. I think it's just because Zeke was having a tough game. That's a bit of a situation to monitor. And and, and look, you're never going to get Zeke Elliott for super cheap, but I do think he's available right now, which is news. Uh, he's probably not a top three running back the rest of the season, but he's almost certainly a top 10, or maybe even a top five guy rest of the season. Now, when you have the opportunity to move in on Zeke Elliott, I always think it's a good idea. If I'm a winning team stacked with assets, uh, he's in the middle of my crosshairs in week seven. Guys, we always talk about how the bye weeks create potentially an artificial buy moment, purchasing moment on players who might not otherwise be available. This week, the teams heading into the bye are the Colts, the Vikings, the Dolphins, and the Ravens. So there's a few players there. We might key in on if we're a winning team uh, that's got the assets to pursue one of these big-time players while absorbing his his Week 7 bye, and there's no bigger name than Dalvin Cook. I mean, if I'm a winning team that can absorb his bye, I'm probably more interested in going after Cook than Zeke Elliott at the moment. Again, you're not going to get him for cheap, but if you have what it takes and you're a winning team that can afford to absorb the bye like Going after Dalvin Cook is absolutely a risk that's worth considering. And his owner, you know, missed out on him last week with the injury. Madison screwed his owners potentially last week. He got the bye this week. I would look around to see Dalvin Cook is probably on a lot of winning teams, but there's a chance he's on some losing teams in your leagues as well. And and, and don't forget, that's where we start every week in our trade market is going – and looking at the rosters of the losing teams in our league and identifying the very best players that we could pick them off for. And in this situation, in week seven, we're hopeful that Dalvin Cook on a bye could be one of those opportunities. To a bit a bit of a lesser extent, we could look at Jonathan Taylor heading into the bye for the Colts. A guy that feels like he's been a little bit hard to trust on the season as you project forward. The fact is he's producing every single week for fantasy and he's beginning to look better every every week. So Jonathan Taylor, 
I think his owners are probably pretty happy with him, but I don't believe he's an untouchable at this point. And heading into the bye, if he's on, if he's rostered by a struggling team in your league, I think Jonathan Taylor would be an interesting player uh, to look at this week. See if maybe you could get him uh, at, at a bit of a discount on its bye week. Add him to your flex. Add him to your bench. Uh, make him on RB3. That would be a really, really nice move as we... Uh, transition to oh, what's going to be a torrid second half of the season. Okay, if you are a winning team with no more than two losses and a stacked roster, this is the time that we begin going after some big, high-profile pro- injured players that could be absolute nuclear ads to our roster uh, to send us over the top the rest of the way in our league and Miles Sanders of the Eagles is going to be one of those. We were trying to trade for him a few weeks ago before he got Baltimore and Pittsburgh because we loved his profile, his snap count, his touches, his target share. We knew this offense was eventually going to heat up, and we liked Miles Sanders' schedule kind of rest of season after those two matchups. Well, if you didn't get to trade for him before the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game, uh, it looked like that was going to be off the table because in those two difficult matchups, uh, he was actually beginning to perform uh, just how you hoped uh, if you if you happen to own him. And it looked like that opportunity was going to evaporate. Uh, unfortunately, he did suffer a minor knee injury this last week that's going to keep him out for at least this week, but as much as three weeks because they've got to buy uh, – on the horizon as well in week nine. So there's a lot of talk that Miles Sanders might not return until week 10. This creates an artificial buy moment. If you're a winning team with only one or two losses or maybe undefeated and a whole bunch of assets, this is the exact player that this is an opportunity. This is being opportunistic. This didn't exist. It's just kind of being, this is being thrown into your zone right now. Strike, strike on Miles Sanders. You're not having to, you're not having to, concoct anything here this is a this is an opportunity that's just if you're being aware is becoming available right before our eyes do not waste it uh in this same group of players again these are kind of injured players slated for return that are big time names that could really put us over the top down the stretch if we're a winning team and we have the luxury of being able to onboard these guys from a losing team right now and you know Next up is probably the biggest name in all of fantasy, guys. It's time to go after Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he's still a week or so out. Uh, this is going to be your last chance to get him. Whoever's been holding him has absorbed most of his missed weeks at this point. If his owner, if the Christian McCaffrey owner is in dire straits in your league, it's time to find a way to pull this off if you are a winning team lavish with assets. This is the move that would be a season winner. Right behind that, Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler. These guys are still probably a month or so out, so we're not going bananas on these players yet, but they fit this same profile of injured stars who are creating a buy opportunity for winning teams that may be rostered by struggling teams who just simply cannot afford 
to absorb any more missed games out of these players. They need to get good players in return to try to win now. And Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler could be a little bit early on those guys still. I think you still just check out the situation with their owners. Maybe at this point you could get a major discount on them with them being so far out. If not, you just want to keep them on your watch list for the next couple of weeks. And uh, if, you know, if you're not able to land Sanders or McCaffrey, Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler are the next guys up uh, that fit that bucket. Another bye week guy, J.K. Dobbins, a player we've been telling you for weeks, if you can get him basically for free as a throw-in on a deal, like he's a player we are very interested in stashing at the bottom of, my, of our bench. You saw what just happened with DeAndre Swift in Detroit. We'll see if that continues. It stands to reason that it should. With the Mark Ingram injury, you feel like things could begin to open up for J.K. Dobbins in the same way, especially coming out of the bye uh, next week. So this bye week could represent maybe your last opportunity to try to get J.K. Dobbins. Uh, his value was in the tank the last several weeks. Now his value's up a little bit with the Mark Ingram talk, but he's on a bye. Gus Edwards is still in the mix. And uh, J.K. Dobbins would be an awesome player that if you can get him kind of as a throw-in right now to stash on your bench. Heck, he was on waiver some waiver wires the last few weeks, and we were demanding that you guys go and pick him up if that was your situation. Well, if he's available on your trade market this week, I'd say this is possibly your last crack. You don't want to go bananas, but if you can, J.K. Dobbins would be a really entire enticing acquisition in the Week 7 fantasy football trade market. Next up, some big-time wide receivers that we want to look at acquiring in our fantasy football leagues this week. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, It was a tough game for Mike Evans, who came back to earth uh, with the return of Chris Godwin. A blowout, an unexpected blowout by the Bucs that didn't force the shootout uh, that we were hoping for. Mike Evans a little bit injured. Mike Evans, a guy who was living on touchdowns in previous weeks. There could be some real concern out there. I mean, you're not going to get him for free or for a a major discount, but I think there could be some real concern out there about what Mike Evans' viability on a week-to-week basis is going to be in this offense. There's some legitimacy to it. I mean, as we've seen in the past, Mike Evans a little bit more of a boom-bust player now that Godwin's on the team. We saw it last year. He has the massive outbreaks and then some quiet weeks I do think that could be the situation but in the end Mike Evans is going to be a very good own on the season and you know similar to Zeke Elliott you're not going to just rip somebody off for him but the fact that he's even available this week I think is news and if I had the chance to go after Evans I certainly would and that goes for Chris Godwin as well who you know I think we'd all agree we'd probably rather own Chris Godwin than Mike Evans he just appears to be what's going to be a more consistent player in this offense, which mirrors what I saw at Bucks training camp. It's the reason that we were taking Godwin uh, a little bit before Mike Evans in our draft, but we're getting solid exposure to both. As you've seen, anytime Godwin's been healthy this year, he's been a real focal uh, point for Tom Brady. And fortunately, in his first game back, Fortunately, from a trade perspective, he didn't go bananas last week. So if there's a player in your league who's eaten a bunch of missed weeks out of Chris Godwin and was already kind of ho-hum about him and now got you know basically a middling performance out of him in what was supposed to be an excellent return last week, this is probably one of our last chances to buy on Chris Godwin. And 
This is going to be one of the best moves uh, you can possibly make. I think if you look at the underlying indicators, uh, even though Chris Godwin didn't have the big breakout this last week, uh, it's going to happen very soon, and I think he's going to be a regular, regular and reliable uh, contributor that can really help uh, you rack up the wins here down the stretch. Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints. Now we're hearing that he's dealing with a hamstring injury in addition to the high ankle sprain that he may not be fully recovered from. It's been a bunch of missed weeks for Michael Thomas owners at this point. Uh, We're hearing he's again limited in practice uh, this week. And it's a bad matchup on paper against Carolina. So again, you're not going to rip somebody off for Michael Thomas. They've been waiting for him to come back. But this is one of the biggest names in all of fantasy. Uh, and there's still some question marks out there, which could could still make him, you know, available out there. And again, not you're not going to rip somebody off, but this is the kind of player that if we're a good team with a lot of assets, we're willing to quote unquote overpay uh, to bring back home. So if you're operating from a position of strength right now in your trade market, Michael Thomas absolutely a recommended player to take a look at and see what his situation is in your league. All right, a couple more bye week players here. Every week it seems like we've had a tight end on here. <laughs> it's mainly been Mark Andrews or Zach Ertz at one juncture or another. And look, Mark Andrews had a down game this last week. He's been pretty good the previous few weeks, but coming off the bye week, coming off a down game, Mark Andrews and and really even Hollywood Brown for that matter in Baltimore Uh, Two more guys that I think you could take a look at trading for this week and probably get a bit of a discount on that will be good players to add to your roster and certainly be um, good contributors uh, here down the stretch. Mark Andrews, it's not going to be a big week every single week, but at the tight end position, absolutely a guy I think we should look at seeing if we could acquire this week. We'll take our chances uh, in that situation. And, uh, you know, that, that applies as well to Hollywood Brown, maybe to a little bit lesser of an extent, um, who came back to earth with his six targets this last week. A little bit of rumblings that Antonio Brown could end up in Baltimore. Uh, That said, with the information we have at hand right now, Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, two interesting ads on their bye week coming off of a little bit of down weeks in week seven, uh, creating an opportunity uh, to make a move on those gentlemen this week in the week seven fantasy football trade market right here on the week seven edition of the rosterwatch.com trade cast all right every single week of the season we leave you with a few mock trades some examples of some trades you can construct in your league uh, utilizing the players discussed in today's episode uh and again This is not the entirety of the trade market. There could be other players in play in your league, just circumstantially. Um, There could be other guys that you've identified. So if so, just substitute their name in for the players that I'm talking about right now. So if we're going to make a mock trade, ladies and gentlemen, let's say we want to go after Dalvin Cook on a buy. Um, Let's say that we're a winning team that can absorb his roster. Now, I know if we own DJ Moore and Kenyon Drake, maybe we're not a winning team at this point, but those are the two two names I'd like to use. If I could take DJ Moore and Kenyon Drake, package them up, consolidate them, and trade for Dalvin Cook on his bye week in return, like that's a winning fantasy football move 
that can put you over the top the rest of the season if you're in position to absorb this this week's buy from Dalvin Cook. I would love to trade DJ Moore and Kenyon Drake for Dalvin Cook. And if it's a struggling Cook owner, that's 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 a serious offer that they are going to have to respect and consider. Let's say I want to go after one of those Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers, Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, both guys who would be excellent ads uh, to our team the rest of the season. I think especially Godwin. Why not take James Robinson and AJ Green or Chase Claypool, package them up, ship them off for Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, Evans if you have the luxury uh, to do so. If you have, if you are rich with the marketable assets to make this kind of trade, it's not too much to give up James Robinson and a guy like A.J. Green or maybe even Chase Claypool for Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. You know, remember, we're going to quote-unquote overpay for some of these guys, but we're, we're selling high on guys like James Robinson and A.J. Green, and we're concerned about them moving forward. So wouldn't we rather have one of the biggest names in fantasy football that we can rely on attached to a good offense moving forward the rest of the way? Yes. Yes, I think we should. And let's talk about going after Mike Mark Andrews. Let's say you have a good let's say you have two good tight ends. I know there's a lot of you out there that do in this year with COVID, also in this year with the uncertainty at the tight end position. A lot of us have rostered two tight ends. Uh, look, if you own two good tight ends, why not package one of them this week with one of your sell high wide receiver twos or wide receiver threes and go after Mark Andrews? on a bye week, hopefully from a struggling team in your league, that would be an excellent move on the week seven fantasy football trade market. Ladies and gentlemen, just another reminder to please subscribe to the Roster Watch channel on YouTube. Uh, Make sure and listen to the Roster Watch podcast. Subscribe to it on your favorite podcast platform. It's, It's an absolute pleasure and an honor for me to be on the front lines of your fantasy football teams every day of the year as we go from the senior bowl to the combine to the university pro days to the nfl draft to the training camps to take you all the way through your season step by step day by day at rosterwatch.com all the way uh, to the promised land we thank each and every one of our members of roster watch nation all of our loyal subscribers followers supporters for uh, for being so loyal over the years we couldn't do any of this without you so until next time roster watch nation so long Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.